One night, Eli, we met him last week, who's almost blind by now because it was more likely from, from doing the alcohol and diabetes at this time, had gone to bed. The, I'm serious. This is, this, that's Eli. And so the, watch last week's sermon. The lamp, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And get this, then he got up and he ran to Eli. He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? And Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. So he did. I feel like a parent right here, right? Like, like go back to bed now, you know. And so he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel! Again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did, not, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. I want you to catch this. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. He didn't have just a, a, go grab the, the New Testament and go read through that. And he didn't have none of that. He had the, he, you have the original scriptures. But it says, then the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go lie down again. Go lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. <laughs> Some of the most holy thing you could do is just go back to bed. Can I get an amen? Right? Do not stay up past midnight. Just go back to bed. Amen. And the Lord came to Samuel's before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak. Your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. How many know when the Lord finally speaks, it's going to be shocking. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. And he's going to do a shocking thing. And this is what the Lord says. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family. So if this is confusing to you, watch last week's message. And it said, from the beginning to the end, I've warned him that judgment's coming upon his family forever because of his wicked sons who are blasphemous, unrepentant. He, uh, they, they, they're blaspheming God and he has not disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be uh, forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. So Samuel stayed in bed until morning. Then he got up, opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord tell you? What did the Lord say to you? I always say Eli's kind of a 50-50 priest right now, right? Like, like he gave good advice and said, I think the Lord's speaking to you. Go lay down and say, speak. When the next time you hear the voice, say, speak, I'm listening. But then he says, tell me everything and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. So 50-50, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's terrible. Then Samuel told Eli everything and he didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied, let him do what he thinks it's best. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this word. Father, I pray, will you please keep it down to a balmy 85 degrees all summer long in Las Vegas. And we pray for the Golden Knights to win the cup. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. There we go. The Knights. I'm not, not going to say anything about football anymore, you know. But if you're taking notes today, uh, this is a bit of a different style. 
uh, today. Last week, we had the treatment of what gets rewarded gets repeated, and we had a fun, uh, fun time with that. But today, I'm going to go right to the chase, and today, my title of my message is How to Hear the Voice of God. How to Hear the Voice of God. Now, before I kind of jump into this, I want you to know that the First uh, Samuel chapter 3 was written, was written, it was written, it wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. And so there's many ways that we can hear the voice of God, but I'm going to use the context of this story to give our points for today's message for how to hear the voice of God. Now, before we do that, there's one thing that I want you to know. There's one thing we have to address. What do I do when God is silent? So I want, I want to know how to hear the voice of God, but, but before we, we get there, we got to talk about what do we do when God is silent? What do we do when, and I don't know, uh, I know we're in church today, and, uh, but can I be real today? Like, what do we do when we're tired of waiting on God, right? Like, what do we do when we say, he's never going to speak, and, and I'm just going to sit around and, and not do anything, so I might as well do something. And then kind of we get into that motion, then we're like, God, I'm doing this, will you please bless it? Without first hearing from God. We see this in Judges chapter 21 in the previous book. It said, in these days, Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever that seemed right in their own eyes. And so when you don't like, ask from God or and say, God, will you speak to me? Or even if we just don't know that. We just don't know that God could speak to us. Maybe we think we need a, a priest or a prophet in our life. But did you know you have access to hearing the voice of God? But here's what took place, though, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, very verse verse. It said, meanwhile, the boy Samuel Serve the Lord by assisting Levi. Now in these days, the messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon because people did whatever they thought was best. Because people were not inquiring of the Lord because of their sin, because of their disobedience. How many know that the Bible is just not very relevant for today, huh? Because sometimes it feels like, man, it's very rare to hear from God and visions are very uncommon. So what do we do when we don't hear from the voice, when we don't hear from God? What do we do? I want us to do exactly what Samuel did. I want us to just get near the presence of God. But here's what the next verse says. It says, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And then suddenly, suddenly the Lord called out. Suddenly he shows up. That's how God is. Suddenly he'll interrupt your life suddenly he'll come when you say, I understand your timing, Lord, but you should have done it a long time ago. You know, uh, uh, there's a phrase, God's never, he's never uh, uh, too early, he's never too late, he's right on time, and your pastor hates it. Because I want him to be quicker. But I want you to understand that before we get into the voice of God, I need you to know that God speaks on his time, not ours. It's his timing. It's his timing. And there are times I'm grateful for the timing of God. And there are times that when he tells me something, it may not come to pass right away. Yeah. And I have to be okay with that. Because Isaiah 55 says, for his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways, his, his, his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So therefore, we just need to wait on the Lord. Yeah. So very first point, of how do we hear the voice of God. We're like, we're like in school today. It'll get fun for a minute. But I got to teach you today. Number one, just get near his presence. Man, just, just get near his presence. Wherever his presence is, 
Just get near it. Here's what Samuel did. Samuel was in the tabernacle. The lamp of God was about to go out, which means it was probably a little bit later in the morning. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. He just said, I just got to get near the presence of God. I just, I got to go, I got to go where God is. I mean, if God's at Avenue, I got to go there. If God's in my prayer closet, I got to go there. If God's in my car on the way to work, I got to get there. I got to get wherever the presence of God is. Because it said the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And I was going to go into this entire teaching about what the lamp of God is. But here's what we really need to know. The lamp of God inside, of the, inside the tabernacle, inside the temple, the lamp of God and the ark of God both represents the presence of God. The presence of God. And here's what this commentary says. It says two features of the temple are the lamp of God and the ark of the covenant. Both were symbols of the presence of God. When Samuel heard God's voice, the lamp was still lit. It was just before dawn. I want you to think about this. He lit the lamp, and it's supposed to burn all night. And by the morning, the lamp dims out, and then they light it again the next evening. That was the duty of the priest, and they did it for the presence of God. And it was near the Ark of God or the Ark of the Covenant. And so what he was doing was he was faithfully doing what he was supposed to be doing day in and day out. And then he said, instead of leaving, he said, I just want to be near the presence of God. I just, I mean, I mean, he could literally just go, boom, boom, done. Go to church on Sunday, done. Read my word, done. Pray a quick prayer, done. He said, no, I just, I, I need, I, I meant, the uh, visions are rare. And man, I just need to be near the presence of God. I just need to be near the presence of God. We're portable, okay? And he said, and God, if God did choose to speak, it would be here in the temple that his voice was expected to be heard. And that's why Samuel was lying down near the ark of God. Now, that's Old Testament. So what does that mean for me today? There's a terminology that I want us to learn today. is, is, is a term called omnipresent. He's omni, the, the omnipresence of God is an aspect of God's infinity in which he transcends the limitations of space and he is present in all places at all times. So God could speak to, to, to you in the front row. God could speak to me. And God could speak to our kiddos in Avenue Church, right? God could speak to someone across the world. Uh, God, all at the same time. Everybody in this room, me, we're going to have a moment today. And God could speak to all of us in one moment because God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. I'm going to give you a pro tip. The devil is not omnipresent. He has limitations. He, he cannot be everywhere and speak to everyone. Come on, somebody. And so here's what it is. In John chapter 14, we're talking about the omnipresence of God. And Jesus, when he was here on this earth, he said, I'm going to ask the Father. He will give you another helper. And he will be with you forever. It's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You know him for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. When we give our lives to Jesus, when we raise our hand and we say, Lord, I want you to be, I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus lives on the inside of us. That's the Holy Spirit. But then there's a water baptism where we get dunked over here and we show the world that we've been, uh, you know, uh, uh, old has gone and the new has come. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So what does all this mean to me today? Jesus said, I must go so the Holy Spirit can come because the presence of God is the Holy Spirit. The presence of God is the Holy Spirit. Now, I really wanted to spend some time on this today. 
But nine months ago, we did a month-long series, Lindsay and I, on the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you, go on our YouTube nine months ago, and I want you to watch the Holy Spirit playlist this week if, you're, if, you, if you need a refresher or you want to watch it again. But this is where we talk about the Trinity. This talks about how the Holy Spirit helps us. This talks about how the Holy Spirit prunes and blooms us. How he filled, he filled me, he built me, he... Remember that? Uh, long, uh, that was nine months ago. But anyways, filled, built, and sent. And I want you to make sure you watch that on our YouTube playlist. Because I want us to have a greater understanding of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is alive, and he is well, and he's part of the Trinity. Amen? Well, I want you to know this. It says, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. This says this. What's more, you are his holy priests. We are Samuels in this house today. And I want us to just get near the presence of God. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices pleases God. I just want you to get near the presence of God. He lives in us. He's inside of us. But, but sometimes there's a question that begs to, to differ is, what if I don't feel the presence of God? I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm going to church. I'm doing all that I know. I sit down in the morning, open my Bible, and go, what am I looking at? I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, what if I don't feel the presence of God? I encourage you, just get near where his presence is. Just get near where his presence is. James chapter 4, it says, if we simply submit ourselves, resist the devil, he will flee from you. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to you. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Just get near his presence, and I promise you, he'll come nearer and nearer to you. Just get near where God is, whatever that is in your context, get near to God. I'm going to help you out today, and uh, you say, how do I get near to the, how do I get close, or how do I get near to the presence of God? I have a, just a few examples, but the first one is, just get near in worship and community. Man, get near in worship. And I kind of feel, I've just thought of this before the service, that, and sometimes maybe if you've been, you, maybe you grew up in church, or maybe you've been to church for several years, and you go like, I love Avenue Church, but I don't know if I like the style of worship. Can I just challenge you? Man, worship is not, is not our responsibility, it's your responsibility. We bring worship to the Lord. And when we bring worship to the Lord, the Lord comes down and begins to fill us. He begins to encourage us. Man, he begins to pour out his love over us. Man, when you get in the car on the way to Avenue Church, man, I want you to pull out your kind of worship song. Yeah, I got a worship song just this morning, man. It's the, and I, you know, I get in trouble when I sing because I'm hard of hearing and everyone here is just mean. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's that song, uh, The Goodness of God. I mean, for me, that's my song right now. All my life, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. Well, well. But can I tell you, that's my song for this season. I bet you next year it won't be my, my, my song. For some of you in this room, man, maybe, maybe you're a little bit more mature in the faith. Man, I want you to, I want you to fill up on worship before you get to this worship. On the way to church, I want you to say, amazing grace, whatever it is, you know, like, as a deer panthers, you know, take me past the outer courts into the holy place, whatever. Yeah, look at it, Pastor Lindsay, huh? I'm trying to give songs, babe. 
But you have your own way of worshiping Jesus. And I want you to worship Jesus in your quiet time. Worship Jesus in the morning. Worship Jesus on the way to work. There's a time, to, there's a time, you know, Ecclesiastes, right? So uh, there's a time for TikTok, and there's a time for social media, and there's a time to be in the presence of God. Amen. There's a time to shut all that off. But also, I want you to get in community. And something a couple years ago kind of hindered this notion for a moment, but there's a national, there's a global uh, epidemic of loneliness. You can still be in a room, but not connected. And so we got to have community. And I want you to see this in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, together, together, every single one of us, together. I've ever heard, you know, church is in the building. No, listen, listen. It, no, it's not. But together, we are his house. Together, we are built on the foundation of the apostles, the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Together. Everyone say Together. Together, we are carefully joined, say together, together in him becoming holy, a holy temple for the Lord. Together, I'm I'm pretty good by myself, but I am better together. Together is where God is. Through him, you, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. The church isn't a building, it is a gathering. The church isn't a building, it is a gathering where the presence of God is. And if you don't feel the presence of God, I encourage you, come to this gathering. Sit in this worship. Man, bring your kiddos to summer camp. Man, can, and parents, can I just, t- can, I, can I just, I mean, who's the, who? Make them go. Make them go. Make them go. I don't want to go to camp. Well, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't underestimate a young person sitting in a chapel up in Big Bear, California, and all of a sudden, whoosh, the presence of God hits them between the eyes, and they go, God is real, and God speaks to them, and God leads them, and God calls them. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're together. Temples of the Spirit, the temples of the Holy Spirit all gathering together becomes a powerful thing. And the enemy says, ooh, I cannot get them together. I got to make sure they stay home. I got to make sure they stay away. I got to make sure that they don't come together. So the church isn't a building, but it's a gathering where the presence of God is. So just get near worshiping community. But also, I'm passionate about this. I apologize, all right? You're like, pastor, I know. I know, I know. I'm going on vacation too, so come on, somebody. Just get near by serving. Just get near by serving. Meanwhile, meanwhile, so I want you to see this. The visions and, uh, what is it? In those days of the, of the Lord, go ahead, next slide. In those days of the Lord, messages from the Lord were, were very rare. Visions were quite uncommon. So what did Samuel do? Did he go, stupid temple and stupid? No. It said, meanwhile, I want you to catch this. The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Levi. Friends, as your pastors, Lindsay and I, man, people, people, people on the A-team, they do not serve Pastor Jeremy and Lindsay. They serve God, and we serve together. There ain't no green room here. There ain't no back door here. If I go back here, I'm going to get lost, and then I'm going to come out and go, oh, hey. We don't have a celebrity culture here at Avenue Church, and I need a hand clap for that. We just don't. 
Because every single one of us, we're using our gifts and we're using what God has called us to be and we're doing what God has called us to do. So Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli, who also was not a healthy leader. Which is interesting, which is difficult for me at times. For me, I'd be like, Samuel, you messed up. I'm going to start my own temple, you know. But no, Samuel said, God has me here for a reason. I want you to know this. Samuel heard from God while he was serving God. Samuel heard from God while he was serving God. Why? Because he was just near. I'm going to get near in worship. I'm going to get near in community. Man, I'm going to get near in his word. Man, I'm going to get near in, in praise and worship in my home, but I'm also going to get near in serving. I'm going to get near on Sundays. I'm going to find wherever God is, I want to be there as well. But he, got, he heard from the Lord while he was serving God. Now, can I kind of say this in, in this context? You don't need to be here in order to hear from God. You don't need to be here in order to, order to feel the presence of God. We feel the presence of God in our home every single day, and some days we don't. Some days we're just like, ah, it's not working. I don't know what it is. Do I have sin in my life? No, absolutely. Absolutely not. <laughs> but he's not a genie in the bottle. You just turn on and turn off. But there are, but, but there are things in my life I can do just to be in the presence of God. Amen. There are conferences that Lindsay and I will go to just to hear from God. Because there's something powerful about going to camp or going to a conference or going whatever and leaving your present life, chaotic chaos of life, and going into a wilderness-type experience to hear from the Lord. So Samuel heard from God while he was serving God. It's like, God had plug in, connect one day. Uh, it's going to take place next Sunday. And, I, and, and, and we're even, we're, we're, we're talking so much about health at Avenue Church. I want you just to serve two times a month. Just two times a month. I don't want you, it's every, every Sunday, you know, some people want to. But two times a month, I want you to learn exactly what it is that God has called you to do and God has called you to be, and we want to find a platform for you. So just serve, just get near by serving. But number two, how to hear the voice of God? Just listen. Just listen. Have you ever had a conversation with a verbal narcissist? I mean, I'm talking about, you know what a verbal narcissist is? Where you're like, how are you doing today? They're like, I'm fine, blah, 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 And like two hours go by, and you're like, wow. I don't think I said anything. They didn't ask me a single word, you know. But so many of us, we get before God, and we say, God, listen. And it's great to talk to God. But if you want to hear from the voice of God, you've got to listen. The Lord came. I want you to see this. The Lord came and called this before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel, based upon his advice of his priest, to speak, your servant is listening. Speak, for I am listening, I'm not talking. I'm listening, and I'm not talking. That is a difficult thing to do when you, have, when you tie in being waiting upon the Lord. So, I'm an extrovert, all right? So I'm like, let's go, baby. All cylinders. But when I sit before God, I have to sit and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And if five minutes go by, I go, speak, for your servant is still listening. Right? And then 10 minutes go by, you're not home. Okay, I love you. Leave a, leave a message. 
But here's what so many of us want, first kings. God said, go out and stand before me on the mountain, Elijah. And the Lord passed by in a mighty windstorm. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks tore loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Man, after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. So many of us, we want God to shake our world. So many of us, we want God to blow us away. For so many of us, we want the fire of God. And God is saying, no, 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 I'm not earth, wind, and fire. Also, a really good band, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and after the fire, there's a sound of a gentle whisper. A still, small voice. And sometimes my world is too loud in order to hear that still, small voice. And I want to continue on this, but I want us to be able to have a moment today. You know, I want you to know as a pastor, there's such a, such a tension of like, I want to teach them everything, you know. And, but we can't be here forever. And everybody said, amen. amen. But here's what I'm wondering. I wrote this down. I believe this is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I want, so I'll just share this. It says, maybe God isn't speaking because he's waiting for you to do what he first told you to do. Maybe you got a word from the Lord, whether it was years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And maybe God's saying, I already said it. I already said it. I already said it. And I'm waiting for you to just trust me. So how do I hear from the Holy Spirit? Just trust the Holy Spirit. Just trust the Holy Spirit. Just trust the Holy Spirit. Man, even this week, we planned a mom and I, uh, Levi had a, a good friend that attended this church. Uh, his parents are military, moved away to Alabama for a year. Now they're moving to South Korea. So Levi thought he missed a chance to see his, his, one of his best friends. But mom and dad and, and, their, and his mom and dad, we were, you know, uh, scheming behind the, the scenes. And, and so the, the day came and we said, Levi, basketball got canceled. Let's, let's go down here. Let, let's go over here. And at first he was like, ah. And we're like, just trust us. You know, it's a family time. And, and then, you know, we, we, we kind of guided him and lead him. We got to uh, downtown Summerlin. Okay, let's go over here. And then uh, let's try on clothes because we were like trying to waste time because they weren't quite there yet. And so then we said, let's go over here. And he was compliant. But what we were doing is we were leading him and guiding him. And he had no idea but to trust us. And finally the moment came where we said, let's take our picture on the bridge over here. He's like, I thought we were going over here. No, let's go on the bridge over here. If you see our Instagram, uh, Matt, Levi, uh, Lindsay was like, let me take a picture. And all of a sudden his buddy walked up from behind and said, Levi. And they went, ah. And I was thinking this entire time, what if he didn't trust us? What if Levi didn't allow, allow us to guide him and to lead him? Friends, we've got to trust the Holy Spirit. So when he does speak, we've got to say, God, what are you saying? Man when, I was, uh, man, when I was in high school, man, all the kids, we had, my mom had seven kids, uh, stepchildren and, and billet kids, and we all went to school. And my mom said one day she had a daycare in her home and she was cleaning the kitchen. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, find your stepdaughter. And my mom was like, first of all, it's great to hear from the voice of God. But find my stepdaughter. She's at school. And, God, and the Holy Spirit said, find your stepdaughter. 
And so she was like, okay. And, and so she, she, she just dropped everything. She grabbed her one daycare baby she had at the time. She used to have eight or nine. Took her one daycare baby and put, put the daycare baby in the, in the car seat in the car. And she said, all right, Lord, uh, you're going to have to tell me what, what you want. Find your stepdaughter. And so she pulled out. She said, well, my stepdaughter's at school. So she drives to the high school where we're all at. And she's driving. She said, okay, Holy Spirit. And uh, she's like, I, I just, whatever. And I'm just, I'm just trusting you. And as she's driving down, before she got to the high school, she recognized the red jacket that my sister wore. And she was, she was actually inside of the back of a car. And so my mom pulled up and went, what? And my mom's so gangster. She pulled back her car right in front of that other guy's car, got out, opened his door window, and he went, ah, right? And she said, hey, and saw, saw my sister, and she said, you get out of that car. You're going home with me. She was skipping school, and she had some, some smoky substance in the car. And my mom never would have found her unless she trusted the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, parents, parenting's hard enough. The Holy Spirit wants to help you out. He wants to, he wants to help you out. I'm telling you. And there's other things, too, that I just say. It was the Holy Spirit, Levi. It was actually like an app, and I knew, you know. But John chapter 16 says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He will guide you. Friends, and I'm so guilty of this too. Man, we need the Holy Spirit to guide us in every area of our life. Every area of our life. And I can continue on all the different things. He's guided us in the name of the church, location of the church, when to start the church, all these different things. But I also want you to see an element of trust of Eli. The first Samuel chapter 3, he said, tell me everything. And so Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold back. And here's what Eli said. It is the Lord's will then. Not the greatest news for me, but it's the Lord's will. Let him do what he thinks is best. Talk about trusting the Holy Spirit. And it says in that commentary, I want to revisit from the beginning of this message. It said two features of the temple were the Lamb of God and the Ark of the Covenant. But Samuel was in that room. He was where the presence of God was because it would be here in the temple that his voice was expected to be heard. I want to end with this today, that what gets repeated becomes expected. What gets repeated becomes expected. That when I get before the presence of God, I'm just expecting to be refreshed. Man, I'm just expecting to hear from him. Man, am I disappointed? Sure, some days. But I just continue to say, I'm going to hear from him. I'm here from God. I, I expect, and I put some things down, I expect, I expect to hear from God when it's his time, when it's the right time. And God knows me best. God knows that I am so obedient, I'm so crazy to obey him, that if he tells me at the wrong time, then I will do it at the wrong time. So I have to expect that God will tell me at the right time. I expect that God will lead me and guide me in every situation. I expect that I have to trust him. I expect, I've been doing this for over two decades of ministry, and I've been saved since I was in junior high. I expect that when God speaks to me, it's not going to make sense. 
But I expect that he knows all things, that his ways are not my ways, and his thoughts are certainly not my thoughts, and I'm so grateful for that. I expect for God to be silent until it's due time. I expect to hear from the Holy Spirit daily. There's even a situation where I, I said, oh my goodness, I'm late. I got to get here. And all of a sudden I said, oh man, I'm, where's my iPad? And it was like, it's like I saw it. I was like, oh, oh yeah. And I grabbed him and I was like, I got good memory. I don't have good memory. I have terrible memory, all right? I'm like, I'm like where's, my, where's my microphone? You know, like that's how I am. Have you, have you ever had your glasses on top of your head? Like, where's my glasses, you know? But when I grabbed it, I said, oh, oh, I have good memory. And all of a sudden, boom, it was the Holy Spirit helping me with the littlest things because I just, I expect it. What gets repeated, it gets expected. Here's what I want to end with. Sometimes, man, the enemy's going to go, God will never speak to you. Because of your life, because of your choices. Man, you're so, you're so sinful. Man, he would never, he doesn't look upon sin. And I want to address this as we close today, as we take time to hear from the Holy Spirit. Is that when Jesus was on the cross, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, whipped with the cat of nine tails, dying on the cross, Jesus shouted on the cross, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And when he died on that cross, he released his spirit. He released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple. The curtain in the temple, you go beyond the curtain, is where the lamp was, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the presence of God was. Only the priests or the high priest could enter into that temple. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple, not where the crucifixion was, not where Jesus was, but down in the city where the temple was, the curtain tore from top to the bottom. Now, the reason why the Bible is very clear on that is because it was a big curtain. It was a high curtain from top to the bottom, meaning if man wanted to go riot and man wanted to go down there and try to trick us, he, would, he or she would start from the bottom and rip it to the top. But God is saying, no, 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 no. I am the one who's going to remove any obstacle because God removed any obstacle to be with us because he wants to speak to us. Friends, he wants to speak to you today. And he wants to have relationship with you. That's why Jesus died, went down to hell, slapped the devil around, took the keys, three days later resurrected, spent some time with his disciples, ascended into heaven. And here in Hebrews chapter 10, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because what, I, I bet you Samuel's going, they get Jesus? Spirit? Because here's what Hebrews chapter 10 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we could boldly enter heaven's most holy place. What's heaven's most holy place wherever you're at? It's where God's presence is because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Since Jesus was our high priest, he rules over God's house. So let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Fully trusting him. For a guilty conscience has been sprinkled, not because, of, uh, uh, not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ has done on the cross. 
to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. And it says this, the very next verse, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Friends, God's presence, his presence is not his approval over our lives. His presence is his promise over our lives. And this is what it says, and let us not neglect. What? Who put, who put this here? What? Don't neglect meeting together. Knock it off. Get together. Don't neglect meeting together. Some of you guys are like, Pastor, what are you doing? I didn't find this and just get you, you know? This is in God's Word. Why? So we can encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Will you stay with me, please, for just a moment? Now, I'm going to take some time, and, I'm, and if you got to go, you can certainly go, but I want us to take a moment, and I want us to hear from the voice of God. I want us to hear God today. It may not be a, and, and, and can I tell you, I've never had an audible voice. It would, that would certainly be nice, but God knows I'm a hard of hearing. <laughs> I need you to calm down, Leah. <laughs> but I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it's that still small voice on the inside. And there's always different voices you have to say, is this my voice? Is this the enemy's voice? Which is always negative, is always condemning. Or is this the Holy Spirit? And can I tell you, what gets repeated becomes expected. As I continue to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, I take that step of faith and go, I think this is you, Lord. With a sincere heart, I'm going to trust you. Man, and sometimes I run and buy other trusted priests in my life, other trusted individuals in my life. Because you got to be like Joseph. you got to be careful who you tell. But there's been moments, the, the more I do it, the more I look back and go, that was the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So do me a favor, just every head bowed and every eye closed. I want uh, Tim and Leah just to kind of sing for just a moment. To help us to just get near God by worship and by community. Just to get near God in worship and in community. Go ahead, Leah. We long to hear your voice, God. Come and speak. Come and speak to us, oh. We long to hear your voice, God. So come and speak. Come and speak to me, oh. We long to hear voice God come and speak come and speak oh we long to hear your voice God so come and speak come and speak oh you serve Listen to me. Come and speak. Oh, come and speak. 
right to the heart I always belong to hear your still small voice singing over us this morning God. you to do with every head bowed of eye closed. I want you to say, speak, Lord, for I am listening. Go ahead and just say that. Say, speak, Lord, for I am listening. His voice is always positive. It's always loving. May I hear him say, I heard him say, I love you. Just a father's love. I heard him say, I forgive you. But friends, what gets repeated becomes normal. Jesus, I ask you today to make the supernatural completely natural in our lives. Spirit, speak to us, not just in this house. Speak to us in our homes. Holy Spirit, speak to our children. Speak to us while we're at work. Not only do you lead us and guide us, you calm us. You're that still small voice on the inside that says, don't do that. Father, we're making ourselves available this morning. Through a loud and chaotic world, We just want to hear you, that still, small voice. I'm hearing a lot of, I forgive, I forgive you in this room today. If you're here today, I won't embarrass you, won't single you out. If you're saying, Jesus has forgiven me, just raise a hand. Say, Jesus has forgiven me. I want you to see hands all over this house. So Jesus, Lord, we repent. We've allowed our worlds to get so loud and our lives to get so chaotic. Father, forgive us 
We're doing things on our accord and our terms. The Holy Spirit, I pray that we surrender our lives to you. We surrender this service to you. That, Father, have your way at Avenue Church. Father, have your way in my house. Have your way in our lives. I feel the need for everyone to say this prayer, to say, dear Jesus, they thank you for speaking to me. They thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sins. Say thank you. You've removed any obstacles from hearing your presence, from hearing your voice. Say the best way I know how. I'm going to repent of my sins. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be Lord over my plans, Lord over my mind. Because the best way I know how, come on, Avenue, I'm going to serve you. Because I now know who I am. I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.